Good afternoon, good evening, everyone. It is 6 p.m. in New Mexico. It's 8 p.m. in Trinidad and Tobago and the rest of the Caribbean. Welcome to Everyday Lessons Now. I am Dr. Amala Lanchan, and I'm here with my host, my co-host, Taryn Njaga Calendar. He's back after a little bit of a hiatus. Welcome, Taryn. Happy to have you back. Hello, 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 everyone. I'm so happy to be back. We are here. Yes, and indeed. As you said, it's eight o'clock in this side of the world. Yes, it is. Your end and a host of a, a host of different times everywhere else. So yes, every indeed. listener listening to us from, and I want to say thank you. Uh, it might be earlier for some or later for mm -hmm. some. If you're up and mm -hmm. listening, we appreciate it. We say much love. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And how has it been? How has it been? Um, hot for starters. Um, you know, I, I thought that I was prepared to, to live in New Mexico just because I'm from south of the equator. Um, and that's probably my first mistake. That's probably my first mistake. So, you know, out here it is dry heat. And, you know, you hear people talk about dry heat and you're like, oh, yeah, it's hot, it's hot. But it, it makes a big difference because in other places where you have the humidity and you have that nice, you know, easterly breeze, there's none of that here. So it's just like um, basically living in an oven. That's kind of precisely <laughs> what it is. Because, you know, like dry heat, you live in an oven, you know. Um, and I kind of didn't want to live in an oven. But he here we are. Here we are. Um, so one of the things that I've learned is that, you know, you need to, one needs to stay hydrated. And um, staying hydrated means that you need to drink water before you actually get thirsty or before you feel thirsty so that your blood oxygen levels would stay balanced and you don't like topple over because you know it's too hot yeah so so there's that there's that um school is starting in earnest this week uh we've had uh move-in move-in day was yesterday so we had like parents dropping off students and there was a um, sort of like a fair yesterday afternoon. So, you know, you could hear the anxiety in, in parents' voices. Um, you could see the sense of freedom on the students' faces, um, you know, because of Excitement, freedom, excitement. Um, there's a little bit of fear in there too, I'm sure. I'm sure, I'm sure, well because one of the reasons that we were out, you know, at our tables and so on yesterday is because there's still an opportunity to capture students for a major. So some students come in, but they're undecided as to what their major is going to be. They just know they need to get a college education. So they've registered, but they're undecided. And so you still have time now, like in, in the first two weeks of school to sort of convince them, you know, to get into like, let's say in my case, college of business. So we were there and, you know, everybody likes nice things and, and even more so if those things are free. So, you know, it's, it's very easy to entice people to come over to your table and stuff and you have things to give away. Um, we had cups that you pour cold water and they would turn green. Um, we had silicone straws, um, lip balm, t-shirts, socks, uh, you know, a whole bunch of stuff. But in, in addition to um, giving them away, they had to follow us on social media. So follow the college. And that was interesting because, you know, it made me think again about popularity 
and, and how people deal with popularity. Because some people, a number of people who came up to the table say, oh, I don't do social media. And I'm like, wow, this is interesting for young people, you know, to be saying I don't do social media. Or there were people who had only one of the three. So we were looking for Twitter, um, Instagram, and Facebook. And there were some people who only had one, you know. Um, so that in itself was, because I, I, you know, being a social scientist, I'm looking at all of this information and just trying to gather it because it's important if you think you're marketing to people, you perhaps need to um, go heavier on one more than the other. And, and then there were people who were saying, oh, I wanted, I wanted the socks, but then I wouldn't bother to get it. So like one of the guys on the basketball team, actually, he wanted socks, but because you had to follow two accounts he's like oh, i gotta go to my phone da, da, da. and he just made a big deal about it and then he huffed and puffed and walked away and i'm like hmm so i'm assessing his team spirit in that moment because hey we need you to do this for us you know that was my thought process but um yeah so so there was that that was that was yesterday um and of course you know you see parents because a lot of parents were just wandering and wandering around because they had already dropped off the student so they're now student is trying to be independent and probably has made a friend or you know whatever and the parent is just walking around before they leave probably checking out the school to make sure you know looking for signs of safety or whatever um but you know sometimes parents have questions because some of them have not done it before like they've not been a university student so they are now leaving their child in your care one, because now I'm one they have not been and two it's not like they have the, this might be their first or only child right so it's a it's a new experience all around not only the fact that your child going to college or university sorry but it's the first time your child is away from you mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so it's like a double yes like a double yes and and we sort of minimize the effect that it could have on parents because parents are, are adults you know whose child went off to college ambassador from saint lucia he posted when we met yes okay yes okay. He posted a photo of him and his wife. Um, the wife sitting in the background. You, you can't see what she's doing, but I assume she's reading a book or something. And the vehicle parked, you know, in the distance. And he says, um, dropped off our daughter to college. So people start asking him. Now he's wearing dark glasses, right? So people start asking him, um, is there something in your eye? <laughs> All kinds of stuff. You know? Like what is is your wife looking sad? I can't tell. All, all kinds of things. But obviously making fun and making light of the situation. But now you have a situation where you have to figure out how to live without this person in your space. And it's a sort of grieving and detachment process. The person hasn't died, but they're no longer there in the same capacity that they were they would the have day been before. For the past 17, 18 years. Exactly. And exactly. in some parents' cases, and, and I could vouch for that, there are things that you share with your children mm -hmm. that you take for granted in the moment, yes. but you miss it when it's not there. Yes. And for that period, and as they get older, the conversations get more intense. Mm -hmm. And there are things that you experience, like the cute thing, early days is fine, like the little games and the cute things they say. But then when they start to um, morph into their own personalities and turn um into who they are going to be for the rest of their life you kind of hold on to little things that you like about them mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. understand mm -hmm. so so in a case of a father and a daughter with let's say pickups and drop-offs and whatever and that's the whole 
masculine energy that you will have to mm-hmm. protect your daughter knowing now that she's going to be kind of like left to the wolves <laughs> <laughs> right it's like i am honestly dreading it i'm being honest mm-hmm. i i mentally trying to prepare like i'm doing all the exercises like you know how you do boom lays for your diaphragm and you yes. do like for people who voice training you open and you look ah, and nah, some do me first uh, you can try all the exercises mentally possible i don't think no father is prepared for that moment when you say okay bye when you're right she left her own devices you understand on her own in a whole new place so that's why some parents now try to force their children to go into places where they could still not control but have a, a little hand like by an aunt or a cousin in a, in a town or, or, or state where there's a family member that you can reach easily yes. as opposed to something totally new yes yes and it's not like there aren't horror stories on campuses i mean you know because sure that's that's your time to experiment you know that is your time to experiment so in addition to being a good student which is the first thing that you need to do because you're sent away to study and we keep reminding the student athletes we're we're (gasps) grateful that they've come to our school to play um you know and and to further their own personal dreams but first you're a student so you're a student athlete so we would support you by coming to your games if you want us to come to your training you know whatever we'll support you that way we want to support you in a place where you are in charge but when you come to my classroom i am in charge and as long as we have that dynamic going well then you sort of give students a sense of independence um you know the parents will be happy the coach would be happy because now this one person has all this extra support and they're not just a member of his team who may or may not be doing well in a class. So everybody really has to come together to get it to work in the way that it should. And when you have um, students who are also athletes, it's a great way to actually give them um, a sense of leadership in your class and, and if get them to function in the same way that teams are meant to function Um, especially if they're in a team sport, a competitive team sport, then it's a good way to get them to bring that same team spirit into your class and show them that these attributes that you learn can be used in other places. And that's sometimes those are the things that we don't necessarily encourage athletes with. And so we see athletes, even professional athletes, you know, they get onto whatever pitch or field or court or whatever. And sometimes they will have an outburst and it's all personal or, or it's selfish in some instances, you know, so they haven't thought about, well, how would my coach feel? How would the referee feel? How would my teammates feel? You know, none of that is taken into consideration. So when you get them from high school or, or college level, that, that's where you need to instill the sort of things that, you know, would, would, would keep them on the straight and narrow. And because I often like to say that whatever you learn at school is also for life, um, I this year have also incorporated some videos from coaches. Um, I used one from Steve Kerr. I'm using one from Steve Kerr in one of my classes because I think that he has come in to the um, Golden State Warriors at an interesting time, you know, um, not just time in terms of game, but time in terms of what is happening in the world socially. So that for me is, he, he is an important person. So one of my assignments is to um, listen to something that he said and, and then comment on it. And um, there was someone else I had, it was Steve Kerr. Oh, the other person wasn't an athlete, no. So 
yeah, so 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 there's that. Um, so how were things with you? How was how was Trinidad and Tobago? Or what what's in the news? What have you been following? Um, well, on, this, in the news? on this end, um, I, some of the things here are kind of morbid that I really okay. about in terms of um, over the past twenty four hours, we had a couple prominent businessmen mm-hmm. lost their life and their children's life. Wow. Yeah, it's still um, up for grabs. One of the most in the uh, a, a story that's continuing. Very popular party boat, the Harbour Master, that was once in Barbados and then came to Trinidad and is very very popular. Is now seized by the Jamaican government. Mm-hmm. Yeah, due to the heard about the, that. The, the little um, yeah, the fracker. Fracker, <laughs> the fracker that was um, happening boat and. For somebody like me who who understands both sides yes. and know both sides, it's one of those cases of de-escalation is so always important. Mm-hmm. A person who is in the moment with their head on there, that's why I am not a big fan of alcohol anymore. The older you get, you tend to just Precisely. stay away from different things. Precisely. A, an occasional social sip is fine, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but the excessive drinking to not know yourself because on both sides it have wrong mm-hmm. because it was tempestuous. I didn't see the video. I didn't see the video, but for the prime minister to step in and say something, I said, wow, this is, this no. is serious. No, this, I think the prime minister stepped in and said something from, for, on a political side. Why? He's newly elected. He is cut from that cloth. Remember, he's from that generation. Mm-hmm. It, it, the, the athletes and the people involved are considered his peers. Mm. They might have gone to school together because remember he's a young prime minister. Yes. So he too has a point to prove. Mm. And as I said, in the moment, tempers was fled. There wasn't any responsible person on the scene to de-escalate the situation. So with on a whole about the, boat, there's no responsible person. How does that work? No, this is I'm, I'm talking about in that moment, not on the whole boat, because this happened after the ride. The party was done. The people was coming off the boat. They were getting ready to clean to have a second ride because how it works is, you you come off, they clean the boat and they take mm-hmm. and they turn around, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and one time, and w- it's alleged that he was told by the other promoter, you can stay on and party again. Mm-hmm. And then so he's a national hero, right? So he's getting love, but the policy of the boat says you can't, which is true. You cannot stay. You must come off and you could re-enter. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But you have to come. Nobody's allowed to stay on. I see. Not and, even and if you're it, it national who you are. Right. Correct. right. Okay, so got it. Those, those words were exchanged. Tempers flared. And his brother got into altercation with the security. And in right Frank style, he defended it. And yeah, that's where the, the, the row started and the fight ensued. Mm-hmm. And from that the videos that was then circulated showed the end leg of what was happening, which it shouldn't have an end or a beginning either, but the end leg was not good. He fell off the boat. So at the end of the day. Oh, see, now that's a little bit different because if you were saying he fell off the boat, mm-hmm. uh, what I read is that he was thrown, was thrown. overboard. Right. It, said, it said that if you look at, if you, all right, it was. It could look like that because it happened while fighting, but he lost his step. Oh, <laughs> if you understand, if you see, oh, so it's, it's a technicality. It's a technicality. Mm. In in court, in but then court, he needs a good lawyer. In court, it could be <laughs> because he could say that how he lost his step because he was getting lashed. Right, right. And they could be saying in their defense that 
the intention wasn't to hit him overboard is that he slipped while because they were fighting at the edge of the boat so there's a possibility you could fall it's one of those cases and i said so so it's interesting because now that i'm hearing you say it and i did not see a video i just saw people ranting people saying are we going to allow this to happen and this is grenadians on my facebook page are we going to allow this to happen or are we going to let a jab or are we going to let a jab deal with them so i heard this the first when i saw this the first time i'm like okay well what happened because you know i'm figuring it's a local story then i saw someone else say uh, we can't treat our our national sports heroes like this so i'm right. thinking okay something happened to kirani james because you know Kir- kirani's an olympian then um so i'm piecing together stories now right but it now ties into some of the questions i have here that deal with popularity problems with popularity mm-hmm. because he is known to his people and he knows who he is right five trinidadians on a boat do not, not know and, you and he's you a, and he, are and he's a fresh. javelin player exactly and he's fresh he just won the golden javelin in the commonwealth games he's not a, exactly he's not a global superstar he's not exactly right it's a case it's a case when it goes to court there's a lot of moving parts right when you said the prime minister got involved i this is me in my humble opinion he made that stance on the fact that the premise that he just got elected of course needs and you dare not stay quiet right and he needs to continue to look and stand by what he stands by in the eyes of his his population and and he had just played a prime minister who just played job right Mm -hmm. he's a prime minister who says he's for the people understands the culture so in his defense it's a good card to play if he's talking to advisors if i if i was his advisor i would ever tell him to do the same thing yeah but he he pelled his stone and hit his hand and of course at the end of the day it's up to the judiciary and all of that all he's saying is that he wants it fully investigated Mm -hmm. and at the end of the day he is not going to stand by and allow but he, he's to... also a lawyer the prime exactly. minister he's a lawyer yeah exactly so he's playing the card correctly yes so what's yes. going to happen but the on the other end of the spectrum which is on the trinidadian side what they are going to be faced with is favoritism meaning lack of favoritism because from what i'm hearing the persons who have to push through the documentation to get a court date is javelin boy's family so intertwined you see when you're in a small island no it's like okay you you what because remember the guys when you go into court tomorrow this happened some days ago you know yeah cases when you go into court tomorrow and it's a possibility the, the, and what they, what they already it's soon though that, i mean considering how how quickly no. the wheels of justice spin in the caribbean that is soon it's that is soon, soon. Yeah, but that's just that's that's in the US they would have they would have seen a magistrate overnight. Yeah, but they're going to court tomorrow. Right. right? Yes. It does not guarantee that in going to court tomorrow, one, they will get bail. Or two, remember the boat is the the issue right now is the vessel, you know, the vessel is seized. Mm. And they said the vessel can't be moved until the case is over. So my point I'm making to you they they could go to court tomorrow and they get a get adjourned. They could get a June and a code to the first of December. Yes. Yes. And this is what we and and Trinidad is this boat a necessity for Trinidad Carnival? This boat is a necessity for many people, me included. Oh, that's the same boat? Oh my. 
so and currently the boat this weekend you <laughs> saw the trickle the trickle down effect this weekend i saw f- eight promoters prop sorrow yeah f is the only one who was able to come out alive because of relationships iowa has a boat iowa boat happened to and be was there, able to yeah able to facilitate him but it's less numbers so he had to cut it and give give back he, 200 people money and that wow. sort of thing so there is Tommy. See, see now, the- this is such a great reason for people to understand emotional intelligence. Because had you just said to the guy, you know, hey, I know you were told this information. This However, this is, you Amala, can talk that through. Amala, and, and I do, listeners, some of the listeners might be a little confused with what's happening, but let me just try and break, just think about it as, in a general sense and you know what's ironic about this particular story you hearing prime ministers names are being called ministers name being called prominent lawyers in the region being called so you're telling yourself is this kind of some kind of espionage no it's literally <laughs> a misunderstanding how we live athlete, how we live and a security guard and you know what's weird four hours prior to that i was speaking to everybody involved in the, in the melee mm-hmm I had a con with you. I can show you all the receipts <laughs> on my phone when they were like, hey, guess who I'm with now? I'm lying with your boy. So hear me. Right. Dad, boys, yo, you know who again it will be. That's how yes. the story started. Yeah. Four hours later, phone blowing up. Cause it, but it was really pat down because they had a lot of threats being. Of course, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm because, sure. you know, um, Grenadians are very... Grenadians are very aggressive people very when aggressive. you get them fixed. So Grenadians are nice, but they stop at a certain point. So right. they consider themselves, they always tell you, they are children of the revolution. They right. already don't like Americans because of what America has done to Grenada. So they have this deep-seated, and, and it, it's deep-seated and it's also passed on from generations because there's some people who I, are not alive I, when that happened. Correct, but correct. they carry it like they were you know like part of there. and that is yeah, what i yeah. know and that is why i make the joke all the time and that's why we need that's one of the things we they need to unlearn i, I would see. say and i mean i can't tell them how deep it cuts but you know just having that sense like I this have, did not happen to you i have experienced it and you mm-hmm. know that in recent times they have to make peace conversation i call them the uh, maurice bishop grandchildren that is mm-hmm. how i refer to them Half of them did not did have no idea who he is, but and, but but a lot of them life. would have been his children because when he died in eighty three, he was thirty six years old. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't old, so he these people who are now agitating could be his children. So yeah, it, it's I'm not saying. like two generations have already passed I, and he is I, far I, removed. You know? I say grandchildren only because of how it feels, but you're correct; mm-hmm. it could actually be his real life children, mm-hmm. right? And one of the things I have, I realized in Grenada is even though it's not taught in school, it's a home folk tale. So as you mm-hmm. say, it runs through the veins of mm-hmm. home folk. As if, yes. So they operate in a space of, like when the pandemic started and the vaccine started, they were so, so... Yeah, they were anti-vaccine. Mm-hmm. They were anti-American vaccines. Yes, that's yes. because they, yes, yes, they took the Cuban, Cuban one. Vaccine, yeah. mm-hmm. They didn't care mm-hmm. about, they didn't want to hear anything about Moderna and right. Pfizer, Pfizer or anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's not what mm-hmm. they want. And, they won't, and that's why I try to tell people they weren't anti vax, they were anti American vax. Yeah. 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 You understand? Yeah. So, 
what they so in 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 going back to the story real quick before we because it's gonna tie back to what we're talking about mm-hmm. today. it will it was popular the the issue remained that in doing what the prime minister had to do in terms of holding the vessel now we face with a situation where a lot of trinidadians are now affected and the point i was making to them is you all need to know this is something this is your profession you do it all the time de-escalation is so amazing it yes. would have been as you said as you said in that moment when the brother was carrying on you could have simply said hey i hear what you're saying and you could have even be the bigger person in that moment and say okay cool and walk away for 10 right. 15 minutes allow the boat to start cleaning he within himself humans are very weird but they they observant in that moment he would have realized oh wait they're really cleaning and he mm-hmm. might have come back to be like i could go off and come back you understand yes you exactly real, you would have realized nothing is happening music is off people are washing down the boat so you would have been there by yourself while people mm-hmm. washing you would have feel like a clown yeah exactly exactly so you would have supposed, that self-awareness yes you were supposed to in that moment allow him to do to feel that way but mm-hmm. they were so adamant and you have to listen to us we are the we are the rule of law here now and mm-hmm. you have to come off mm-hmm. again not understanding who the individuals were and mm-hmm. they were defiant because in their mind as you now say that's going to tie back to the conversation popularity Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how dangerous it could be in mm-hmm. some instances mm-hmm. and in mm-hmm. that instance it was that because they operated in that space like that because in their mind they felt as though we are who we are mm-hmm. and we do not have to listen to you so you can and this boat is not from here you all have guests so this is our place and you this is how we do it here how to do it in our place we don't care about your rules in our place yeah. if the promoter yeah. say we can stay on the boat we stay on we mm-hmm. don't know about coming off to clean the vessels to go back on and that was the energy and mm-hmm. that is how now we face it so again i can't take sides i'm not saying i'm not saying it's um is who's right and who's wrong both parties have have blame mm-hmm. but it's unfortunate but how do we now get into and, and you are you live in this space meaning live in the space of well it, you wear a lot of hats so you are the promoter in one sense you're the artist in in brackets popular person in another sense you are and you are now in a situation where you understand fully the tenets of um emotional intelligence because you've learned it so before when you were practicing it it seemed like the right thing to do and you know you are good at de-escalating situations and bringing things back to the center what are some of the things you think we could do publicly now because this is going to go on for at least you know usually it takes nine days in the news so it's, it's going to be in the news for the next nine days whatever happens what are some of the things you think we should say to each other publicly so that something like this could be minimized next time because it's not a situation where it will not happen again as long as there's alcohol involved somebody mm-hmm. is bound to misunderstand what happened somebody's about to feel attacked you know whatever so how can we deal with it um in public spaces because these these are the men that we look up to these are the men that we expect to be leaders in different situations these are you know for this is next generation mm-hmm. so we we've been doing it we've been doing it we have to continue to preach self-awareness we have to continue to preach accountability Mm-hmm. because 
these young men have grown up seeing their pay well their leaders don't be don't be held accountable for nothing right right they do what they do the most and mm-hmm. get away with it mm-hmm. so they're growing up telling themselves well i am in this position now i should be able to do this mm-hmm. because i am way more popular than this guy who used to do it and he got away with it and i mm-hmm. am 10 times popular than him so it should the same should apply to me but it's wrong and that was my issue that was the conversation i had with both the owners of the boat and the defenders of the fight if mm-hmm. I, if I want mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. right but right remember i'm trapped between a rock and a hard place i yeah. am not trying to be mediator to a tons of emotions mm-hmm. both owners don't care they just want to get their boats and leave right the people who felt embarrassed and their egos bruised do not want to give up their fight because mm-hmm. to them it's like they want they 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 because they basically they're bringing charges mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and it's the one of the ways to speed it up is if they agree to pay because like a civil suit now if to pay but then that comes with a figure and at the end of the day it will end up where the boat owners deciding okay should we pay this lump sum just to get our boat out of there and go home mm-hmm, and continue mm-hmm, business mm-hmm. or should we stay and fight mm-hmm. at that point i can't get involved because i'm not an owner i don't know where the finances are i don't right. know what my advice to them is try your best and come to the quickest yes resolution as yes. possible if i yes. can get everybody into a room to decide to do this whether you feel you're right or wrong because in their mind they should they, they feel they shouldn't have to pay and the other side's mind they feel they should have to pay mm-hmm. so i am trying to come to an understanding of listen let bygones be bygones everybody go their separate ways and it so happened that the boat will no longer be invited back they've said that already well they are in the process of seeing that because they know to themselves that it's one thing about Grenada. Maybe in Trinidad they could do that and come back, but Grenadians will never forget you. Oh, they will okay. remember, mm-hmm. and they see it happen in the past before, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where things have happened and they wouldn't like it. But and in that case, it was way detrimental because they burned the boat. Yeah, they burned Why, the boat. Why sound like a job thing? <laughs> yeah, the job and then burned the boat already to the ground, flat to the ground. See, see, and that's why that's why when I saw. Are we going to let the law deal with this or do we want the job to deal with this? I'm like, right. well, something happened. Because so the, the job, job way, there is when, no boat. When the jo- exactly. And that is when I was like, listen, I had to call. They don't know how serious it could be. I call in all the favors to say, let the job and them hold their hand on that. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, I know both sides. Mm-hmm. And it, it would be real unfortunate. It because would be. As I, as I explained to them, yeah, you might be spiting. The person in the fight in the moment i say but think about me think about right. plenty of people like me right One, they think about yourself because there's an other vessel that they have there as well that is booked straight until the end of the year because they're leaving the smaller vessel there okay i say look at the revenue that you would be lost you all yeah. been enjoying it because you don't have one like that right right it's exactly an alternative the, the two vessels that are there is vessels that they don't own they have smaller boats right yeah like a rum runner mm-hmm. right they have two decent sized vessels went mm-hmm. down to break to, to give you a better service for carnival mm-hmm. the bigger mm-hmm. one is leaving the smaller one is staying and okay. giving you all the option to have it for a reduced price until the end of october november ah, okay. i know a lot of people who have it booked all then 
So mm-hmm. you are gonna do this now. You're gonna spite somebody who was planning an event mm-hmm. who is actually a Grenadian. I say the Java them using the boat too. It's not like the Java. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. I say, yeah. but the big one, allow it to leave. Let so go. So do you and... think that we have granted some of our players too much status? Like in terms of in that same situation where someone thinks because I am whomever, and in his mind. He has arrived at the status that allows him to, you know, have laws bent for him and so on. Mm-hmm. Have we put ourselves in a situation where we have given people, you know, so much that they feel that they are above the law, you know, because if someone is, is asking for what we may deem a reasonable request, because they now have. A, a party boat that they need to get cleaned for the second run of the event and in their mind listen what i want is to get everybody off we do quick cleaning and you come back on um you know how how do we probably take away or how do we get people to think of if i need to be asked to do something that seems beneath me or beneath the status that i have been accorded how do I humble myself? Well, listen. Because that's what it comes down to. And, and you see, this is something that... That is part of the monarchy from the beginning. If you go back to the ancient times and you just look how, look how the art... For, for example, look how the queen and they operate. Mm-hmm. Right? If they come to your little humble abode mm-hmm. and eat a sandwich, you then now cannot sell your sandwich for the same price. You have to change your your, your 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 emblem on your place because why so and so came and eat at your establishment mm-hmm. so you automatically your status change mm-hmm. and we've been that's something we've been taught and pong into our head that when you get to a certain level you just automatically get a different lifestyle mm-hmm. and we have never understand how to stay humble in that few people know it mm-hmm. and we could call them by one hand Keanu <laughs> Keanu Reeves is one that everybody talks about. Multi-millionaire lives a humble, very quiet life. Takes the train. He's not fussy. Mm-hmm. And there are many others like him. But society taught us that that is how it has to be. So from the time you and, sad to say, black people vask in that nonsense. We, we don't know how to we look for it. Tone it down. We don't know. We and we look for it all the time. It's like and you see it in athletes. You will be good as a nice young man growing up your mommy carrying you to practice and you're good enough. From the time you make a club and you start to play for Manchester and you have money, you're hey, cool hey, 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 hey. Right? Now, because my purpose, my purpose so, is selling so purpose is said Manchester because I've, we I live are in, Manchester in so much trouble right now. Oh I live I live in Manchester era with Dwight. So so wait, let me let me give you a quick joke. Yesterday, when we played and we be in Manchester United, I don't know if you saw any part of the game at all or any highlights. I just saw the memes after. Our our kit was this color. So we had this highlighter yellow uniform, right? And um, we have a new coach. So he is two games in, right? So he is the first coach to lose both his opening matches since 1938, oh, right? Wow. Yeah. So he has, and Eric Ten Hag comes highly recommended, right? 
He's not at all. Not, not at the start. I mean, he is he is not Sir Alex, but you know, he could run the club. So somebody posted, and this was a Chelsea fan on my page, who I'm about to block for the season, but they posted. Somebody asked Eric Ten Hag to highlight the problems on the team. Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was funny, but it was not appropriate. So yeah, so Manchester United, we are not having a good season. We this is the first time that we have lost two opening games since 1924. 1924. So and and the mighty and very expensive Cristiano Ronaldo plays on our team. Mm-hmm. So that is where we are. So sometimes money is not everything, you know. Money doesn't fix all your problems because we were beaten yesterday. Somebody posted Manchester United is worth 454 million and a 40 million dollar team beat them. So you know, when you start looking at it like that, you have to find the humor in it, or else you cry. But you know, it's it's one of those things. It is one of those things. But something else that I saw. Um, this week, and I thought it was quite interesting. Here we have this um, restaurant chain called uh, Cracker Barrel. And um, Cracker Barrel just added the impossible sausage to their menu. So it's a vegan sausage. And Cracker Barrel all along has had, they're like a breakfast kind of place, one of those chain places, right? And people have been going there and getting food that is not vegan or vegetarian. So according to the tweets, because you know, once things start to go downhill, you could find it on Twitter. So on Twitter, it, it says that Cracker Barrel is woke. So people are saying now, well, they're about to be broke because they're going to stop patronizing Cracker Barrel. So what I want to know is, since when does being woke allow you to dictate not only what you should eat but what other people should not be allowed to eat because that's essentially what you're doing and it's the same people these are the same people who are repealing and 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 reversing decisions that were made years ago it's the same set of people so they want to tell people you know what kind of sausage they should and shouldn't have literally and figuratively because that's exactly what they're doing so, you know, for me, that was interesting because it, it brings it back to who is in charge. I mean, Cracker Barrel is an independent um, restaurant chain. And they, yes, they, they work under the rules of the government. But if you have, if your competition is offering options that are, um, that are in all inclusive, so anybody could really come there to eat, then it's not like they've taken away a regular meat sausage, you know, they've just added, they have diversified. So what you're saying is diversification, nothing. That's essentially what I got from that argument, because I don't understand why it's such a big deal. Why is it such a big deal? And who allows people to get into their feelings, um, you know, to make such a hullabaloo about it, because I couldn't believe that it was trending you know just somebody makes one change to their menu and everybody needs to know you know all all about it but i I haven't seen whether or not somebody from grakabara has come out to say anything about it because i really think they should they should just say that people should be allowed to have choice because that is really where 
that ends, that where it begins and ends. So, you know. But yes, so um, one of the things that I, I did hear when I was talking about um, status and, and popularity um, for social status is there, there are a couple of stages to when we think status will make us happy. And having the example of the um, fight in Grenada is actually a good way to go through these, these seven stages. There are seven stages. Um, the first one, when you achieve status, is elation. You're sort of happy with what has happened, you know, and, and, and let's think of whatever status it is someone got. And one of the ones that comes to mind now is, I don't know if you've been seeing these um, snippets on social media with Kevin Hart and The Rock, and they keep, they have this nice banter. And, uh, and it's probably my algorithms that, that bring them up, but they have this nice banter that they keep, you know, I keep seeing these snippets of them. And one of the questions that um, Kevin Hart had asked him is whether or not, or someone asked The Rock, is whether he would run for president. And Kevin answered, and Kevin's like, I think he shouldn't. Um, he said, well, why shouldn't I? He said, because you, you're already popular and you can do what you want. So in my mind, it's okay, someone would run for the presidency because they can do what they want. That's like the first thing I got from that. Mm -hmm. So he felt that he shouldn't. And then he said, you know, you're not going to have, you might not have your people around you to tell you what to do if something goes wrong. And I may not like how you deal with it. And I may have to call you up and tell you a few things. And I'm not going to like that. I don't think you should run for president. I'm like, okay, well, he solved that in two, two, two sentences, you know. But the second stage is you get overwhelmed with that, that status that you think would make you happy. So you've now become the president. So at first you were happy, you did the inauguration, you had a big ball, the band played Hail the Chief, you know, and whatever. Now you get into the Oval Office and you're like, oh my God, what do I do here? Especially if you were not groomed into that position. So if you were a vice president before, if you were a senator, if you were, you know, you understand what comes with the office and you sort of step up into it. Similarly, like if someone wins a um, singing competition and they've been preparing for it all along. So when they get it, they actually kind of know how to deal with it, right? We call it, we have a name for that. We call it never did thought. <laughs> right, exactly, it's exactly. Because we have seen many people who there are people in different professions who got get a job never thought for a second that it wasn't something as you say they were preparing for mm -hmm. there are a lot of people and and specifically you need to understand when we when we say preparing for it doesn't mean that okay you've been training to play football all your life and now you're playing for manchester united it's not only that it's a mindset as well you can be preparing for something but not actually doing the job of that particular thing yes yes for example, um, like I always felt as though my life was leading me towards where, where the status that I have in Trinidad and Tobago, where mm -hmm. I'm a household name and everybody knows who I am and I'm a television face, a radio person, like all of those things, because it started very humble from what I used to do. Mm -hmm. I always tell people in my little community where I grew up, I was always known. Mm -hmm. and it happened by my, by no fault of mine my parents had a boy child after many many years with nobody the whole community nobody expected my mom to be pregnant because she was old so mm -hmm. it was like one it was like that was the first big deal it was like oh my god she's <laughs> pregnant and oh my god she had a boy and she only had girl children and this mm -hmm. is a lady who have 
12 sisters. Mm-hmm. So in the community, I was already this. I remember my mom saying, everybody so want to come and visit in the evening. Mm-hmm. Like everybody, whole church will leave church just to come to see this. Because I was like this Messiah, and I like this <laughs> little boy that nobody thought was going to come and disappear. Mm-hmm. So that's how I started my life. And then right. from there, I stayed in the community for many years. So mm-hmm. when I started doing stuff, I was already popular mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. around. So I grew into the role of understanding how it feels every time you walk the street, somebody heal you, somebody. Eh, da, 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 da. Right. I knew how that felt. From so when it started to go get national, where the rest of the country started to see me and know my name, and everybody used to always ask, "How come you deal with that so cool?" Because to me, it was never new. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it was small. It was just the church people, because I remember being so popular in church. I never introduced myself in church ever, but everybody knew I was Reverend Callender's son. Right, right. Because pastor is my father, so it's like, it was like I was popular by default. Yes, you understand? yes. So that's yes. what I mean. Sometimes it happens, and you grew into you grew into the role by doing different things, as opposed to, as you said, you just stumble up in a position, like you're working somewhere, and two people died, and they say, listen, this job is yours. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you get a job, and now you get a job, you realize that this job is a big deal. Right, exactly. And people have to answer to you, and you kind of not sure how to deal with them. Right. And not mm-hmm. sure how to embrace the position. And I've seen that happen too, mm-hmm. where people don't know understand who don't understand how to embrace the position, and not being self-aware enough, and not understanding how to read the room, everything just falls apart. Absolutely. And that's where this, this sense of overwhelm would, would come from, you know? Um, then resentment. So at some point now you're like, oh my gosh, I really didn't ask for this. So like if, if someone died and you got it, you know, then it's like, oh my gosh, I didn't ask for this. Then there's also addiction. Sorry, let me, let me stop. Let's just ask and yeah. I saw that question. I'm laughing. <laughs> well, all, all in the sense of, in, in, well, I guess even now, when a, a lady over 50 makes a child, we're, we're like over, over 40. 50. No, no, over 50, like in your 40s. Just yeah. in her 40s. When you're in your 40s and you have a and you have a child, it's considered. I don't want to let me do let me try not, and, and be politically correct. I'm not saying she was too old for a child. She was just older than her previous kids because she would have had my sisters when she were when she was like in her early twenties. So yes. she took like twenty-five years later. And well, I, I came eleven years later, which is kind of long. <laughs> Yeah, so it, at, at that point, nobody was expecting her to have any more kids. So it was that right. kind of situation. All right. But we're yeah. happy that you're here. Let's just say that. <laughs> I'm happy that I'm here too. Right, good. Yes, what would we do without you? <laughs> exactly, exactly. I, I, am, I am the most grateful, so fine, yes. Um, then stage number four is addiction, where people get addicted to having this fame you know and this status so yeah you have special parking you get you know whatever it is that's accorded to you you know um then stage number five you there's a little bit of splitting because now okay i have this but then i want to be who i am you know so who am i without all of this hullabaloo around it um, then you go into stage number six, which is loneliness and depression. And then stage number seven, you wish that there was something else. And, you know, I've seen people live through this, even, even in the Caribbean. It depends. Sometimes it depends on what you do. Cause I have a friend who's a lawyer 
and um, senior lawyer who does a lot of criminal cases. And so if we walk through streets in Barbados, then every person, according to him, every dread knows me. So we walk in, in Rodney Bay in St. Lucia, we pass some rascals and he's like, wait, these rascals are hailing me. I say, you do not live here. And <laughs> for him, while it was funny, for me, I'm like, you need to get off of thinking that everybody knows who you are. Then when I went to Barbados, I realized, oh, wow, yeah, everybody really does know who he is. And it would take us 10 minutes to get from one private parking lot into the supermarket and someplace else. You know, so that's a bit of an issue. So there are people who actually do literally indeed, indeed wish for something else. So, oh, well. Um, I, I saw something today that I thought I, I would use with advisors because um, in my first year I don't get to be an advisor um, formally um, but I think this, and this was from um, this guy who does um, he, he does some work on emotional intelligence he has a six seconds um, is the name of the, the site that he has and he posted sort of like a word is it called like a word like a word association thing where the words in different colors um, and it says what's on your to be list instead of you know people have a to do list right and and you know me and lists but I actually why I liked it is because a lot of these things actually fit into what we talk about so people would want to be courageous vulnerable intentional leader connected loving present curious kind engaged and there are a number of words that instead of like a profession or today I want to finish these 10 things, mm -hmm. what do you want to be? So I want to be kind. I want to be curious, you know, and those are lovely character attributes for people to have when they're beginning their journey. Um, because sometimes as we know now, these are all things that we know that people need to relearn or because they've, they've not they've learned something else. They need to unlearn those things and now learn these things, you know? So if you, if you could have these things early in life, then it sort of simplifies, you know, what, what they could um, actually be dealing with in the workplace. And, and everything that I want to do now is to make the workplace a better place. But one, one of the only ways to do it is by making people better people. That really is the only way. If they can get that social learning down, where they actually understand how to deal with each other and being a leader doesn't necessarily make your word the last word yeah. you know those are things that people now need to understand so I, even I if was, mm -hmm. i was like the saying a great leader creates leaders exactly that's your only role that yeah. is your only role so i am blessed to be able to lead the classes that i am leading but I want everybody in my class to understand that they help to shape their own way and they can help others determine, you know, what it is that happens next. And, and I really, I really want that. And I'm going to be talking about it every time they let me, because there will be an opportunity for me to be able to stick in emotional intelligence and emotional learning in, in several places, because we live in a place where you know that is actually what is recommended yes Colette, go ahead i'm glad you were mentioning that today in uh toastmasters we were talking about 
climate change. So I was the table topics master. So I had a question for three of the people in Postmasters. And I took the last question, which was number four, how does social, emo social emotional learning and integrity intersect with climate change, global warming? Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, and the intersection is if people did what they were supposed to do, if people were more responsible mm -hmm. for themselves and the environment, then we wouldn't be suffering with climate change or global warming and where their news reporters are standing in riverbeds that have dried up that the landscape the environment wouldn't be so trashy right if people were to be more responsible and accountable mm -hmm. we wouldn't have the issues with garbage that we have <laughs> Taryn, Taryn, you have a companion. Okay. <laughs> no, the garbage part. The garbage. <laughs> okay. That's Sorry. one of my so favorite if, words. That's one of my favorite words. Garbage. Right. Garbage. If people did the responsible thing instead of thinking it's a free world, it's right. my constitutional right to trash it if I want to. Mm -hmm. That ain't right. That right. is not right. And creating garbage all over the country ain't right. Right, exactly. So, to me, that's where the intersection is. Mm -hmm. Okay, climate mm -hmm. change, global warming, and how people take care of the environment. Yes. The homes, the community, the land around them, the general vicinity, it all goes together. Yes, it does. It all goes together. Yes, it does. And, and as Kiana had said a couple of programs ago, we only have one planet. And the sooner that's we right. realize that, because we behave like there's another one we could move to. When we finish littering this one, we behave like that all the time, all the time. So we ought to be able to, I, I end here with saying, we if we choose the popularity that we want, I would advocate for being a likable leader. And one of the ways, there's several ways to be a likable leader. You can know your employees and your coworkers, which means coming out of your own little bubble. Because a lot of times as leaders, we live in a bubble and nobody else gets to come into that bubble. So yeah, exactly, exactly. So, and you know, I don't work like that. So you need to be able to know your employees and your coworkers. Don't rush to take credit for success. If the team wins, then the team wins. It's not like, oh, well, that was my idea. And that's why it worked. No, okay, the team wins. Move your team from within. So understand what motivates your team and push them from the inside. If you have to use a carrot and stick method, then the motivation is external and it may not necessarily work as well. But if you understand what drives people, then you can move the team from the inside. The next one I have is consider the team dynamics. So you know essentially who gets along with whom and you know what to assign to whatever, which is one of the problems that I think that Manchester United is facing right now, but hey. Oh, um, because we back on team dynamics because they have big stars and people, expensive people. Um, then assign work based on employee strengths. So again, we could use a football analogy. If your role is a striker, then buddy, I don't care what number you play, you are a striker. Why are you over trying to be the captain too? You know, so if yeah. work is a sign, people need to understand their role. 
and, yes. and let's execute your mission. Yes. Once you can execute your role, everything just runs smooth, you know? But someone ought to tell you, though. Someone ought to tell you, hey, I noticed you are good at X. Or when you do this particular thing, everything works well. So as of now, I'm going to ask you to do this. And if you just know what it is and you stay in your lane, it'll be fine. As a leader, also, you have to be able to praise. You have to be able to praise people. A lot of times we don't praise people. We don't tell people they've done a good job. So they don't know that they're doing a good job. Or they think, you know, I know that this is good, but you can't just come out and tell me that, you know. And, and that is not good because it, it sort of creates resentment and then people start to pull into their own little shell and, you know, it, it goes they, and, sideways from there. You see that the first three years they were here, they were good, and then you find these days they're now performing. It's because they're just demotivated. Precisely, precisely. And then the last thing that I have is that leaders should speak last. So you give everybody an opportunity to air their grievances, to um, say whatever ideas they have, because you may have an idea that is contrary and if you say it first, then somebody will say, oh, no, well, I wouldn't say that because he's going to shoot it down. Mm -hmm. So if you let people in, in brainstorming, if you let others come up with their ideas first, and you know, you've got to use a whiteboard and you, you know, you make those notes on the board or whatever. And then at the end of it, you can always wrap up because you are in charge. You have the ability now to shift the goalpost. You can. So and you can bring that goalpost back into your favor. They accuse me of shifting the goalposts all the time. <laughs> you know that. They always say I shift it. When I try to just align and bring everything back to zero, they say I shift it. <laughs> always give everybody the opportunity to sneak and then right. Right. Back and always end up in a, you like to move the goalposts? Calm down. I didn't move it. I love you. Right. You're correct, right. though. You're correct. Yeah. That's something. I know, ironically, for me, I, I learned about these things now, but mm. it was always me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you understand, I'm and I can, like, yeah, are... and I can say that because a lot of the things that I um, am practicing and I, you know, have learned formally, you do naturally, and yeah. so it makes it makes our relationship so much easier because it's not a stretch for me to say, well, this is what needs to be done, you know. Or in a lot of cases, you were the one leading. You're like, listen, this is what we're going to do, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, good, yeah, happy. I didn't have to say that, you know. So. It, when when you find people who actually have natural leadership tendencies, then allow them to lead. Because we still want to have this formal thing where there should be, you know, like the sky should open and there should be somebody with, with, with you know, a, a chariot coming to say, you are now the leader. No, if someone has leadership tendencies, then encourage them, encourage them. And yeah, now it's it's two minutes to the hour, so we are on wrapping up time. So thank you so much for listening today, guys. I hope you've learned something. I hope you were entertained. And I hope that you'd have a fantastic week. And we're going to be back next week with some more everyday lessons. Bye, everyone. Have a good one.